Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Wayman Wednesday. That means you're about to hear a message from the founder of our fellowship, Pastor Wayman Mitchell. Even though he entered into his reward and is in the presence of our Lord, we still need to hear his clarion call to faithfulness, holiness, discipleship, and commitment to the cause of Christ. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Thank you for that choir. What a blessing that we have to be in this building tonight and to be enjoying the wonderful revelation that God has given us in our fellowship. Our main challenge tonight is to continue God's purpose on the earth, not just to do religious works or have religious activity, but as in a relay race to pass the baton on to the next generation. I've read probably six books in the last four months on discipleship. Some very, very good books have been written. And we are living the wonderful revelation of discipleship as God has made it a reality. And this building's filled tonight. Hundreds of churches planted around the world. Many workers are here tonight from some of those churches. And I want to preach to you from Deuteronomy chapter 34 on passing the baton. Follow with me, Deuteronomy 34, beginning with verse 9. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. But since then there's not risen in Israel a prophet like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. In all the signs and wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt before Pharaoh, in all the signs and wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt before Pharaoh, before all his servants, and in all his land. And all that mighty power and all the great terror which Moses performed in the sight of all Israel. The first book that I read uh, of the recent one is God's Forever Family. This was a book 
relating the Jesus People Movement, a tremendous book. There are at least three books named the Jesus People Movement that have been written in the last two years. Lester Sumrall cast a demon out of a woman in a prison in Manila in the Philippines. He wrote a book, and that book was God's Pentecostal Pioneers. This one book has been written on the Great American Awakening. And then yet another one is written, is supposed to be a biography of Chuck Smith on Calvary Chapel. All of these and more are books that you need to read. They all have insight on men that are not just talking about theology, but are actually men that have walked the walk, have made disciples. So, passing the baton is an imagery comes out of the sports world where athletes carry a baton, pass it to the next man, who passes it to the next man, who passes it to the next man, and demonstrate the reality of accomplishing something for God. So what we're talking about is impartation by discipleship. It's not a technique. A lot of people would like to break this down to a technique. The modern church today begins to emphasize techniques. Such terminology as PowerPoints, communication of a technique. One man made a quote and he said these words. He said, if I don't have an internet presentation, you can't build a church. Live news for you. (laughs) We're building churches. This generation is addicted to the internet. Many people attempt to master the process. Chuck Smith, in his biography, claims that this was the key to Calvary Chapel growth. Calvary Chapel built a mega church in Costa Mesa, California. And he claims that by teaching the Bible verse by verse, this built Calvary Chapel was the key to Calvary Chapel growth. That's not true. God built Calvary Chapel just like he built the Prescott Fellowship 
It was God that did it. We simply begin to work with what God was doing. One man actually was the key to Calvary Chapel. His name was Lonnie Frisbee. Frisbee. He was baptizing thousands of hippies in the ocean. And he was the key to their growth. And this is one of the keys of the Jesus People Movement. So we're talking tonight about personal involvement. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 2 says, In the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses, uh, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Second John chapter 1 verse 12 says, I'm having many things uh, to write to you. I did not wish to do so with paper and ink, but I've come to you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13 says that you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as is in truth the word of God, which also affectionately works in you who believe. The average move of God last 12 years. This has been written, been documented. Moves of God happen from time to time, but the men who study those uh, say the average move of God uh, lasts 12 years uh, and then it disappears. You and I are part of a move of God that's lasted now 49 years. What a wonderful, wonderful revelation God has revealed to our fellowship. There's no geniuses involved in our fellowship, including me. I didn't start this fellowship. God started it. I don't hesitate to say that. After we had been enjoying the tremendous move of God for about five years, I'm stunned by seeing what God is doing because I come out of the church world and I'm wondering what's brought this to pass. And I finally begin to realize that the reason that God is blessing our fellowship is because we are bringing dignity to the local church. Some of you take for granted what God is doing in our fellowship. Well, everybody can do that, but this is very rare what God has done. And 
When my wife and I came to Prescott in 1970, you've heard me say that we began to work with what God was doing. I've often said and told the workers that we're working with, find out what God is doing and join with Him. And that's exactly what we did. We began to give dignity to the local church. We began plant churches out of a local church. We not only planted churches, but we began to plant churches overseas. Most of you have no clue how revolutionary that is. Organizations don't plant churches. Churches plant churches. As we began to do that, first church that we planted was Wickenburg, Arizona. Little town about 70, 80 miles south of here. Cowboy capital of the world. Dudes coming out of New York and in the Summertime, Wickenburg would run about 1,500 people. In the wintertime, it would run about 2,500 people when all the dudes came out from New York. They'd fire a cannon off. I used to pastor there. When the train came in bringing the dudes, they'd fire a cannon off, uh, and uh, we knew that uh, dudes were all in town. But God began to powerfully move. We planted a rock musician in Wickenburg. And that church in seven months was self-supporting. It was uh, indigenous. Many of you have no clue what that's all about. But that's God's purpose. That's God's plan. That's God's intention is to plant indigenous churches. God only plants indigenous churches that's all he plants they don't all become indigenous but that's what he plants that's what he intends I was in uh, Australia last year and I was in a meeting with pastors and uh, one of the pastors said Pastor Mitchell how soon should I quit my job I said just as soon as you can that wasn't a happy word for him or them. <laughs> but that's God's plan. I sense have preached about that. Every church is a seed. Every individual is a seed. The principles to make an indigenous, self-supporting, self-propagating is in every church. The seed is there. It's our responsibility to bring it to fruition and bring it to pass. So unless we're passing this on, then we'll never continue what God has started. That's why I said that we're part of a miracle. Forty-nine years we're still 
evangelizing, we're still winning souls, we're still planning churches, we're still aiming from that. And this is our aim and this is our purpose. Paul says, and the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses, uh, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. We're in the midst of a great conference. We're going to have a tremendous conference. This conference is going to be an outstanding conference. And it's our job to take the things that God has placed in our hearts uh, and pass those on just like a relay race uh, and make every worker that's here miserable till they obey God. Say, make us happy, Pastor. No, I want to make you miserable till you obey God. That's my job. There is a uh, pastor, a wonderful pastor, pastored in Darwin, Australia. His name was Neil Prosser. Neil Prosser's an isolated city, Darwin, Australia, but he was a man of God. He made a quote in a conference He said, don't tell me how many seats you're filling. Tell me how many churches you planted. He knew the issue. This is a vocal profession. Romans 13, 12 and 13, the night's far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off uh, the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly. As in, uh, 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 as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife uh, and envy. So we are a discipling fellowship. That's what we're doing. So let's think about this for a moment. Because impartation happens by discipleship. It's a tangible dimension. We become like the people that we hang around with. 1 Corinthians 15.33, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Every crusade is a great opportunity. I often say in the pastor's meeting that we have, you pastors need to attend a crusade. And if you attend a crusade, you begin to see what God can do. And the aim is indigenous. The Bible's filled with examples. We intend to reproduce. That's why I named this sermon Passing the Baton. The Baton is a dimension 
of discipleship, reproduction. Acts 4.13 now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. If you do not seize the opportunity to go to a conference, you're missing one of the great blessings because our conferences produce. We don't get together, wave banners, wiggle our rear end, act religious. Amen. We're here for business. Can you say amen? And unless we've planted churches out of this conference, uh, then we've failed what God called us to do. That's why we have conferences, is to, as I said before, make people miserable so that they'll obey God. And if you don't preach and make people feel guilty if they don't obey God, then you're failing one of the great opportunities. Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through 19. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So what we're aiming at in these conferences is a super natural dimension. This is a key dimension. We are aiming to produce people baptized in the Holy Ghost with evidence that they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 13, 13. Therefore let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. So Focus on this and pull away from the constant push to marry. God's aim is constancy. Think about this for a moment. This is rarely seen. I read a quote recently. says, uh, inspiration is common, but endurance is rare. Many people become inspired, they get, they get excited. Anytime I'm preaching in a conference, I'm trying to stir people. And some people get stirred and they get inspired. They'll answer an altar call. But endurance is rare. What our aim is to keep the people moving in the right direction. There's never been a change in God's great intention. In 1963, I read Robert Coleman's book, and that book was a master plan of evangelism. I have to say to you that I was a sincere pastor I read that book. I said, that's, that's it there. It's right there. But he wasn't doing that, and neither was I. 
And it wasn't until 1970 when I came to Prescott, Arizona, and we began to get lots of young people saved. Some of them are sitting here. uh, They're not young anymore. (laughs) Their chest has fallen into their drawers. (laughs) If you look at those videos in the hall, you'll see they used to have hair. They don't have it anymore. But that doesn't mean they can't do something for God. Can you say amen? But discipleship has never changed. However, there are people that like Ford. They always have a a better idea. Paul spells this out, Acts 20, 29, and 30. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, also from among you, uh, yourselves, men will rise up seeking, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Galatians 3, 1, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has clearly portrayed among you as crucified. Now what I'm talking about is observable. When our dear brother in Darwin, Australia, Neil Prosser, made this statement, he said, don't tell me how many seats you have in your church that you're filling Tell me how many churches you've planted because this is what we're called to do. Can you say amen? Amen. Plant churches. There are churches here in this conference this week that you're able to plant a church if you will. Say, well, we don't want to do that because... uh, the man that is eager to go, we need him. He makes lots of money. So, that's why you need to plan him. Because at least he has a brain. Planting churches. This is observable. Second Kings 2.15 says, Now when the sons of the prophets uh, who were from Jericho saw him, they said the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the, to the ground before him. From time to time, there's various excitement that stirred up. I remember when the Pensacola insanity hit our fellowship. We had several of our men that went to Pensacola. I was hearing that this is the greatest thing since Puffweed. This is fantastic. These people have a new excitement. They love God. 
God bore witness of my spirit it was not God. It was the flesh, which it was the flesh. And I said it won't last, and it didn't. And several of our people in our fellowship that tied on to it no longer are with us, no longer are Christians. I said it's not God. I came to one conference, had some material that I'd copied, was giving it out to various people. I gave it to one man, uh, and uh, he confirmed, he said, did you, you print this out, give it out? I said, I sure did. He threw it in a trash can in front of me. But he's no longer with us either. He self-destructed. Discipleship is God's call for the church. Discipleship is very simple, and yet it's very profound. The Bible says, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they'll cast out demons, they'll speak with new tongues, and they'll produce healing and deliverance. I started this year preaching in conferences. I'm invited to preach at numbers of conferences. And the 11 o'clock seminar, which they usually have me preach, I preach on healing and pray for the sick because I tell them anyone can get a miracle. You need to do it. First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols. However, you were led. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, and to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If you were in the uh, our last conference here, I did a deliberate move. I declared that you don't need a gift of healing to get people healed. And I gave a call for people who had wounds in their bodies, who had pain, who had tumors, who had uh, injuries. We probably had 60 or 70 people came down to this altar call and stood. And I led them in a prayer shouted out a command of healing and many people lifted their hand. They got healed. We had several that had shoulder injuries that testified that night that they got healed. We're still getting people healed from that video. It's on live stream and challenged them to begin to pray for the sick by saying anybody can get a healing.
because the issue is simply the dynamic of praying for the sick. It doesn't take any special gift. You just need to do it. People are still getting healed from that video. They're still live streaming it. And when they get healed, they enter in what they got healed from uh, and giving their testimony to God. The thing that we need to do is we need to do what God called us to do. Can you say amen? Anybody can make a disciple, but you have to do it. Anybody can get a person healed, but you have to do it. So I want you to bow your head for a moment as we draw this to a conclusion. And I'm challenging you in just a simple statement. There are people here in this audience tonight, you could plant a church. You have the people, you have the personnel. We are in a, an arena that is stirring hearts and I'm challenging you while your head's bowed to obey God. There are men and women that God's dealing with tonight. There are pastors that God's dealing with tonight. You could plan a church if you would. I wonder how many people tonight you lift your hand and say, Pastor, I'm going to obey God in this conference. I want you to lift your hand. Lift your hands. I'm going to obey God. Lift it up. God's dealing with you. Pastors, you have people that want to plant a church. They want to go do the will of God, but they're waiting for you to obey. It means you're going to have to make a commitment of material substance, money, means you're going to have to make a sacrifice of releasing your people. This is going to be a fantastic conference. I want to tell you, I can feel it tonight. The reason is God's already talking to people. Pastor Greg Mitchell's already told me some of the things that he's made a commitment to do in this conference. And a spirit of obedience and excitement laying hold of people. I want you to obey. I want you to begin to praise God as you're sitting there today. Begin to praise God and by praising God say, God, I'm going to obey you. I'm going to obey you tonight, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, I release people to the obedience of God. Miracle healing, church planting, Lord. Let's begin to praise God. Let's begin to praise God. Thank you, Father God, for the deliverance that you have. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, 
and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.